Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, I'm that excited about this morning. Uh, We're starting a brand new series, and I've called it Learning to Love. Learning to Love. You'd think that we wouldn't have to learn that, but we do. And uh, I just, uh, I'm so excited about this because I believe that this morning's message, in fact, this series is going to be life-changing. I I believe every message from the Word of God should be life-changing because the Word of God changes lives. Amen? Uh, But this one in particular, I don't know, every time I get up, I just get excited about whatever I'm preaching. So I probably say that a lot, but I would say this this morning's message, it's it's the best. It's going to be life-changing for you. I know that because uh, of the opposition that came trying to, you know, get in my head about this thing. And I'm a little bit like, uh, I'm not a perfectionist, but I believe in excellence when it comes to the things of God. Uh, I believe in giving God my absolute best. So I struggle. Uh, I've never had a baby, obviously, but I I think of it as a woman who who I've observed, uh, women in labor, uh, you know, trying to give birth to something and uh, or someone. And and, and it's a little bit like that with a message, you, you get pregnant with it. You get, you get that idea, you think, okay, this is good, and then you kind of ride that idea, and if it eventuates, it results in something amazing uh, coming out of you. And, and that's the way it is with this message. I, I, I looked at it, and I thought, yeah, I, I get it, but I don't get it. Like, why would you have us do a series called Learning to Love? Is it going to be, uh, you know, what are we going to love for a start? Because, you know, there's a lot of things that we love in life. Pizza, chocolate are two of my big ones. Uh, My wife, of course. If you're married, hopefully your spouse. Uh, A lot of things are people that we can love. But there's one in particular this morning that I found very few people really get it. And they don't know the why uh, when it comes to loving God. Uh, I looked at a letter, Paul, uh, 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 John, uh, his letters to uh, 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 the churches, and it's Jesus speaking in Revelation, and, uh, and he says to particularly the, the church in Ephesus, he says this, he says, man, you guys have been champions, this is me paraphrasing, it says, you've opposed false uh, apostles, and, and he says, you've, you've endured hardship. Like, this is a champion church, this church at Ephesus. If you go back and read what happened in Ephesus in the, in the book of Acts, you'll find that, uh, man, they, were, they, they withstood Diana worship, idol worship. There were, you know, incredible persecution going down with this particular church. And then Jesus says this. You know, I don't think, I mean, only, only Jesus could say this to a group of people that have endured hardship and, and withstood, you know, incredible odds, remembering this is the first church. These, these churches, this is the first century, they didn't have like a comfort zone of generations of churches before that. They weren't raised in Christian homes. They went from idol worshipers to worshiping Jesus. They went from uh, comfortable livings, making idols and everything that goes along with that, to being persecuted and tortured and killed. And he says to them, he says, you've left your first love. I have this against you, he says, that you have left, you've forsaken your first love. And if you don't get back to that, he says, 
that I'm going to remove your candlestick. If you don't repent from your first love, then I'm going to have to remove your candlestick. In other words, uh, you know, the lights are going to go out. I thought to myself, man, like, what hope have I got? Like, these guys were incredibly persecuted. And then I want to go with, uh, I want you to go with me over to our text. And it's in, uh, I'll just get this in a minute here. But um, in Matthew 22, and we're going to look at something that's, that will absolutely change your life. If I can get this to you, if God's spirit can get this through to you like he did to me, uh, this is going to be a, an absolute life-changing thing. In Matthew 22, verse 35 to 40, Jesus now, he's talking, he says, uh, it says, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him, that's Jesus, with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, your soul rather, and with all your mind. And then he says this, this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second, like it, is love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we're probably going to camp on this a little bit uh, in the next few weeks, but the one thing that really hit me here is that, you know, this lawyer is looking for a loophole. He's doing what lawyers do best. They dissect the law. They know the law. Uh, what amazes me is that he, he, he knew the law, but he didn't know the person that wrote the law for our sake so that, you know, we could be protected. He was looking to trip Jesus up. He was uh, always looking to, to cause him to stumble. The only way they could get to Jesus is if they could find that he broke some, uh, one of their laws, and then they would have him. But he never did. He didn't break any of their laws. He, he did everything right down, the Bible says, to the jot, the tittle, the cross and the T, dot in the I. Uh, even this legal expert couldn't catch him on this. But this guy comes to him with really what's a loaded question. What's the first thing? What is the most important commandment? I like the fact that this is a command. I think that a lot of times that we look at what uh, God says here, we treat it as if it was an option, not a, a command. And he, and he says, this is the first one. In other words, in everything that you can love in life, chocolate, like I said, pizza, your spouse, your children, your city, your sport team, whatever it is, in everything that you can love in life, this is the numero uno, the first, the primary, the, the most important of all of the commands is love God. And not just love God casually, like take it or leave it, pizza or chocolate, like I say, but to love God with all of your heart, with all uh, uh, of your mind, all of your thought life, with, with all uh, of your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And, and another version says, and all of your strength. In other words, nothing holding back. We got a problem. Human beings are rebellious by nature. I know, I'm one of them. Human beings don't like to be told anything. We don't like to be commanded. We, don't, we want options. Give us some options. There is no option in this. He is the Lord. He is the Lord love. He is love Lord. He is the Lord of all. He's not given us an option here. He's given us a command. You have to love me. Wouldn't that solve a lot of problems, men? If we could just command our, our wives to love us, 
Women, uh, wouldn't that solve a lot of problems, wives, if that guy that you're married to, you know, if he's just a little bit like doesn't get you flowers or do things quite the way you like it? What if, what if you could just go to him and say, I command you to love me? A lot of people do, I might add. <laughs> wouldn't that solve a lot of relationship problems at work? You can walk into the office, and you just know somebody's got dagger eyes on you, they don't like you. Uh, they want your job, or they're jealous, or they're envious, and, 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 and you can just whip around, point your finger at them, and go, I command you to love me. What a world that we would live in. How, how audacious is it that anybody could command anybody else to love them? It's a, it's a little bit like, I make you love me. I command you, you've got to love me. This is the number one thing that I'm going to ask out of you, out of everything. I command that you love me. I love the fact that God is Lord and that only he can do that. But there is a big why. You see, there are a lot of uh, arguments by atheists in particular when it comes to this type of thing and also jealousy, that he's a jealous God. We're going to look at that. You know, oh, I could never serve. How could you serve somebody like that? I mean, how could you possibly say that he's a, a, a loving God, or the Bible says he is love, and, and then turn around and, and say that he says, you've got to love me. I command you to love me. I'm a jealous God. Like, all, all of these things. And, and, and I was, as I was preparing this message, I, I'm grappling with this. I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, wow. Like, you know, th this is amazing. You, you command somebody to love you. Usually I would think that this should be an optional kind of a thing. I, in fact, I wouldn't want my wife, Gail, I wouldn't want her <laughs> to have to love me. I would never want her love to be out of compulsion, out of because she just has to, because I, you know, I, I'm, I'm the king or something. I am kind of, but you know, she, she, she doesn't have to love me. She loves me out of her own heart, out of her own will, out of her own volition. It wouldn't mean anything to me if I had to command her to love me. And yet, God commands us to love him. He says, this is the first thing. First things first. That's why I've called this message in this series, uh, Learning to Love, I've called it First Love. First Love. And I believe that we're going to discover the why uh, of first love. And I, I, I want to give, I'm not going to give you points this morning, but uh, I'd say this, the, the, the first thing, if you really want to uh, love him and, and, and fulfill this commandment, and, I, and I'll say this, I don't believe he would have given, a, given us this command if it weren't possible for us to do it. Uh, I, you know, I was thinking about this. I've got this shirt that celebrates Usain Bolt running, you know, breaking world records in the 100 meters and everything else that he ran. And, and if somebody came to me and said, I command you to run a, a nine-second 100 meters. Well, ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen with a 12-second these days either. Or I command you to run a, 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 a three-minute mile or a four-minute mile. <laughs> you can command all you want. I can't do it. It's, it's just not going to happen. I command you to slam a basketball like Michael Jordan, you know, do a dunk and a layup like Jordan does. Ne never, never did happen when I was in my prime. Definitely ain't going to happen now. It's impossible. And yet God says, I want you, I command you to love me. Not just a passing casual kind of a love. Not just a wave and a smile. Love you, God. 
I'm on my way to work. Oh, have a good day, God. Run the universe. Uh, love you. <laughs> this is something that is commanded of us because and expected of us that has to be possible. It has to be possible for anyone that believes that's following him to love him with every fiber of their being. If we leave that as an option not to do that, see that as kind of, oh, yeah, I know it's in the Old Testament. It's back there, you know, the first command uh, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart. Right back to the beginning, don't have any other idols before him. If, if, if we say, oh, that's, that's kind of for them, I'm doing a pretty good job of loving God. Well, the Ephesian church was doing a really good job, I think, of loving God, and yet with fire in his eyes, he says, you've forsaken your first love, and I'm going to remove your candlestick if you don't repent, turn around, have a change of heart, get this one right. I think sometimes we let ourselves off the hook with either thinking it's not possible to love God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all, all of my mind, all, all of my strength. We put it in that basket, and here's what happens when we do that. We suffer the consequences of not being able to break sinful habits in our lives, not, be, not having breakthroughs in our prayer life, not seeing results that we really want to see with other love relationships that we may or may not talk about in this series, but uh, everything that we do or don't have in our Christian walk, in our faith walk, everything comes down to, and I, this, I'm laying this out, I know this is big, it really comes down to this commandment. I was thinking about some areas of my life that I'd struggled with and, and how, I, uh, how, how those things became Nothing. In fact, I had incredible breakthroughs when I started to see that and say this. I started to say, God, I love you too much to do that, whatever that is. That could be gossiping. That could be, uh, you know, dishonoring authority. That could be not serving with a good attitude. Uh, that could be uh, habits or vices or anything like that. Anything that you're struggling with right now, if you would see that if you love God with every being, every part of your being, you would start to say, when you're offered temptation knocks, when you're offered an alternative that's away from God that you know is not pleasing to God, it's not loving God, out of your mouth will come this, these words or your thoughts will come in this fashion. I love God too much. To do that. I love him too, too much. How much? I love him so much with every part of me that that is not even, that the temptation might come, but that's not even an option. It's not even something that I would even consider past that point. I love God so much that I cannot do anything that displeases my Heavenly Father. To not have the option is the first thing I believe to fulfilling that first commandment is don't leave yourself the option not to love God with all, everything that is within you. It's the first and the greatest command. And then, it, then Jesus says in verse 40, all the law and the prophets, everything written and spoken by God hang uh, on these two commands. Again, we're not going to look at the second one uh, today, but, but we will uh, probably look at that next week in this series. You know, tradition has it that there were, at the time of Jesus, there were, there were 613 uh, commands in the law. And 365 of those commands, one for every day of the year, 
were uh, what we would call don'ts. Don't do this, don't do that. Don't work on the Sabbath uh, of any kind. Uh, you know, don't, don't dress this way. Uh, don't, uh, you know, uh, whatever. All, all, all of these 365 what we call negative commands, and then there were 400 and whatever's left over uh, commands, I think it's 58 or something like that, uh, commands that were, were positive. In other words, do, 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 do. This one do will cause you not to do all the other don'ts. This one do, do love God with every part of your being will cause the don't do, don't do, don't do things to fall off of your life. When you start to see that this is the first and most, it's the one thing that I'm responsible for, not the 50,000 things. I'm responsible for this, get this one thing right, loving God with all who I am and the other things that I'm not supposed to do, the don'ts, they fall away. You don't have to major on what you're not supposed to do when you love God with all of your being, with all of your heart. Jesus is really exacting with this. This is something, if you get a hold of it, I get so excited about this because I want to see people free, in particular Christians, believers, if you want to call us that. I want to see people free, but so few are. And if I come back to this one question, what are you doing with the first and the foremost command? Are you loving God? Well, you know, not really. I guess not. I guess, you know, I, I kind of fall short quite a lot, long ways. Well, why? Why do you fall short? Why don't you love God with every fiber of your being? In other words, and we could frame it up this way, what is it in your life that, that you love more or even not even maybe more sometimes, but you love that as a, as a distraction, as a substitute, it's called an idol. Ephesians church had an idol that was Diana. They made little Dianas and big Dianas. You could get whatever size Diana that you want. It was one of the wonders of the ancient world was the giant statue of Artemis or Diana, the goddess of fertility that was in the harbor there that everybody would go past. It's like, look at what, look at that. I was over in, um, I think it was Bali not that long ago. Well, pre-COVID, of course, but, you know, they built, I think it's the biggest Buddha statue in the world. And I'm looking at that thing, and you can just see it off in the distance, and I'm like, that's probably the, 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 the statue to Diana would have probably have been, you know, that kind of a magnitude. This thing is, you know, bigger than New York Statue of Liberty. It's kind of like that grand scale kind of a thing. How many things in our lives, they're little, little idols and big idols, all kinds of size of idols, you know, idols of money, idols of sex, lust, idols of entertainment, everything to take our attention away from God. A couple nights ago, uh, Gail and I got woken up. I think it was about 3 a.m. Anybody have smoke detectors? Anybody not replace the battery on their smoke detector enough? And the thing starts to chirp, and it's a loud chirp. It's an ear-piercing chirp. And it's, I'm like, oh, no. I knew exactly what that was. I knew it from the first chirp, and then I count. I get up to 1,001, 1,000, get up to 1,030. Then I start counting again. Sure enough, when it hits about 30 seconds in my counter, I said to Gail, she goes, just shut the door. It's in the hallway. Just shut the door. I said, it's not going to work. 
That, 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 that ear-piercing shrill is meant to penetrate anything. Why? Because it's a smoke detector. It's, it's there to tell you that there's danger. There's, there's, there's possibly a fire. The, the house could burn down. You need to attend to this. At 3 in the morning, I don't want to attend to it. <laughs> you know, I realize this is not going to go away, and this is going to be a really bad one to solve because it's kind of hardwired in, the electrical, and then it's got a battery, I guess, as a backup. And so I'm thinking, okay, I get the chair, get up there, look at this thing on the ceiling. It's like way up here. How do you open the dumb thing? <laughs> I don't know. There's no, there's, you know, there's a button there to test and I push the button. <laughs> and my ears, like, I'm awake now. I'm not, and Gail's awake. So like, we're not getting any sleep. We're not going to sleep in on this one. And so, you know, I'm looking around. I'm pulling it. I think I'm just going to yank the thing off the, off the ceiling. It's, there's no way to open it. So I do what most of us do when we don't know how to do something. I Google it. And I Google the brand and look it up. And sure enough, it says now there's a, you push a screwdriver. Who came up with that idea? How dumb is that? I got, now I got, now I got to, first I have to turn off the power at the power supply. So I got to go downstairs to the switchboard, uh, turn off the power. Then I got to get a screwdriver. Then I got to get a battery. I got like already three things that I have to do at 3 a.m. when I, when I want to be sleeping because this thing is going to annoy me and it's not going to go away. Long story short, you know, I did everything. Gail had to run around, find a battery, or we're, we're just not going to get any sleep at all. And, you know, we got the thing changed. There are certain things in our lives that are there to, to uh, uh, they, we seem like they, they seem like they annoy us, but they're not really there to annoy. They're to tell us that you're not on safe ground like you think you are. If you don't attend to this, then something even worse is possibly going to happen. I, I thank God that, you know, we have things like that in our lives, and, and God gives us this command, and, and he says, you, you get this one right. you got to get this one right. Yes, it's possible. It's the first and the greatest command. We have a problem because we don't like to do anything that we're commanded to do, and yet he commands us to do that, and, 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 and he doesn't give us any option. So how do I keep it? Number one, again, not loving God first must never be an option. It's a command. He is the Lord. He's the Lord God Almighty. He says in John 15, 14, that, that you are my friends if, if you do what I command you. So these idols that get in the way, they have to be identified and they have to be done away with. I was reading an article recently on cyber espionage. I kind of thought I had that worked out. I thought, yeah, they, they get in and they... They mess up with banks, and they mess up with government's databases, and steal data, all that kind of stuff. But there's one aspect of cyber espionage that I had no idea. And one of the things that they do is they go into social media, uh, I guess posing like normal people, uh, just on there, and they find out whatever it is through the algorithm that you believe. So, you know, for sake, if you're left-wing, you got left-wing beliefs, you're you know, a particular uh, political party, and they discover that. Uh, and then they reinforce what you already believe. You think that all that stuff coming up on your newsfeed is just because you're so clever? No, it's worked you out. 
So if you're, you know, a left-wing uh, Democrat or Labor Party over here, and, and you're, you're feeding on, you know, CNN or one of those medias, it's just going to keep coming up more and more and more. It's going to reinforce what you already believe. If you're right-wing, guess what's going to pop up on your news feed? It's going to be all right-wing stuff. Why? To reinforce and to get you stronger to believe that. Now, what's the end game with it? The end game is to get the left fighting with the right. In fact, the end game, quite frankly, is civil war in a nation that they want to defeat. So it's no good for you to have believe something because people won't die for a cause that they don't really believe in wholeheartedly. In Christianity, in our world here, the, the, the one thing I believe <laughs> that, that's really missing is full-strength Christianity. That, that, that we need to reinforce what he says out of his word, not public opinions and everything else about love and you know, all the other options and things that we could love. Some people love, you know, they don't get the book, so they read books about the book, and then they get somebody to explain what the book about the book is instead of going to the book and actually figuring out what is God saying here and looking at a command like this and going, no, I couldn't, couldn't possibly mean well, what he says there. He means it 100%. And getting half strength doesn't do anything. Like Jesus said in another letter uh, to the churches in, in Revelation there, he says, you know, if you're lukewarm, he said, rather that you're hot or, or that you're cold. But if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of your mouth. Another application of that other than drinking water or drinking hot, uh, a hot drink uh, is that, that, that lukewarm water or tepid water or warm water even, it will not power a power generator. If you have a, a steam power generator, you've got to have hot water. You've got to have some steam to power that thing. And, and in our Christian life, because we don't love the Lord our God with every part of our fiber, we're backing off. We're just lukewarm water. There's no power in our Christianity. It all comes back to this first and foremost command. I know that's a really hard one, and uh, I, I, I tell you, it'll be life-changing if you can walk away from here. When you love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, all your soul, you become powerful because God is powerful, and you are plugged into the power source. When you plug into loving Him first, not, a, not as an option, all of a sudden now, He loves you too much to just leave you out there. He, he gives you His power supply, comes and flows through that. It's, there's, there's so much energy that we have resisting sin all the time. But when you focus on loving Him all the time, all of a sudden now, the power starts to flow. And that, that, that sin, whatever it is that's plaguing you, a mental thing or, or, or a habit or strongholds the Bible talks about, whatever that is, it's, it's, it just gets blown out of the water. There's just no chance for that thing to have any power, to get any traction in your life. Whatever it is that you're struggling right now, obedience to love God with everything get, will give you the power to, to break all of these things and to love other people. But we're so independent. Independence is, is another word for independence is, is, is disobedience. I'm independent. I'm trying to do my own thing. I don't have to. And then you know, there's a whole list of things. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Don't have to, you know, you don't have to read your Bible either. You don't have to worship. You don't have to, you don't have to lift your hands in a worship. You don't have to. You don't, you don't have to tithe. You don't, you don't have to do anything. Be independent. But if you're independent, you're disobedient. 
you'll never get the power because you, you've got to love God with everything. The next thing, honestly, these things are very simple. We're almost out of time, but uh, the next thing, to love God, if, if you love God first, you'll begin to focus on what is right with God instead of what is wrong with you. People just see all their shortcomings instead of seeing his coming. Instead of seeing him coming to you, you start to see all of your shortcomings and how inadequate you are because you're not focused on his big righteous, uh, his, his righteousness and, and his big picture and, and his big love and, and his authority and his, and his heart towards you because you're not focused on that. What do you focus on? You start to see, you look in the mirror, so to speak, of your identity and your track record and woe is me, what hope? Maybe I'm not even saved. Loving him, focusing on him, focusing on how righteous he is. I love worship services. I know we got church online and people can listen to up 10 million messages in the car, wherever else. And you can, you can worship God in your car too or on the beach, whatever. But there's something about a corporate worship service when you get into the presence of God with fellow believers and you start to exalt God and lift him up. All of a sudden now, there's something about focusing on his righteousness and his holiness and his beauty that, that causes your eyes to get off of you. We need to get our eyes off of us. That's why I don't, you know, uh, I'm so glad that we're back in a building worshiping God together. I am so glad that I can get around other believers and sometimes just encourage some people. I am so glad that you're here. If you're here uh, this morning, I'm so glad that if you're watching that you can get into a church where you can worship the living God and focus and put his command first and love him with all, all, all of your strength, all, all of your mind, your soul, lifting your hands. Of course you have to when you love him that much. I can't stand there like this when we're singing about how majestic and how mighty God is. It just ain't going to happen with me. I get so caught up in the fact that I love him so desperately that I, I just can't shut up and I can't not. What happened to my pulpit? I guess it got stolen. That's okay. Did I say I was finished? I guess so. <laughs> I guess that decision got made for me. Oh, well, we're not going to get to the third point. <laughs> you know, the good thing about a series <laughs> is that <laughs> we can come back. Uh, and we will. We're going to come back. <laughs> next week. Uh, I want to thank you for watching online. I'm just going to give you a chance to, I want to pray with you. And uh, I know maybe, you know, you don't know Jesus and you're hearing something about he's all or nothing. Uh, I think you need to know the price tag of following him. Is, it's an all or nothing proposition. When you give your heart to the Lord, you, you give it all. You don't do anything in half measures when it comes to God. And I think sometimes we sell uh, as, as salvation, we tend to sell it short of that and wonder why people don't follow him. When you, when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you go into the baptism of his name, his, his body, you become one with him. And the only way that you will live a successful Christian walk is to love him, number one, with everything that you are. So if that's you and you want to cross that line, make a decision today, if you're here, or if you're watching online, I'm going to invite you right now to be uh, part of this prayer. I'm going to say it out loud. You can repeat it after me. This is not a formula. These words aren't some script. This is just simply uh, inviting you to ask him into your heart. So if you want to, you can 
Uh, bow your head, close your eyes if you'd like. Just have an intimate moment with him right now. Let's pray. Say this after me. Dear God, I thank you for loving me first. And now I'm going to put you first. Jesus, I give you my heart. All of my heart. I make you the Lord of my life. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. If you're watching online, thank you so much. And uh, tune in. This is a series, so there'll be more uh, messages next week. We're going to get into uh, some deeper waters when it comes to this. And I, I know that you'll, you'll, you won't walk out the same way. You'll be, you'll be changed. But God bless you guys. Make sure that you follow us online. Uh, hit our YouTube channel. Uh, send us an email. We'd love to know if you got touched by this and, and if we can help you in any way. Also, if you got saved, gave your heart to Jesus, please let us know because we would love to uh, keep in contact with you. God bless you. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.